0: You know, dude, that sounds really good. You can hear me. It sounds really good. Well, I hope everyone else sounds really good. With that being said, how is everybody else?
1: Oh, it's just me here, but I'm good. I'm doing Well, good. I'm addressing the <coughs> guest because we're recording. We are recording. We are recording. What do we have for them today?
0: We got Mr. Mike Lopez. Very good friend of mine. Absolute stud in the e-commerce game. Kid is a absolute machine. Um before I wa- I want to revert back the logistical side of things today that we got going on is pretty crazy. Landon's in Mexico. And we're making do with what we got over there. I'm in quarantine because I have the coronavirus. And I'm going to be editing this podcast, so don't hate me if
1: it sounds like shit. I didn't even know you were editing it. Okay. Well, this is news. Good I thought stuff. we spoke about that. I thought I mean, yeah, fine. Save, save me uh, save me some time I'm going to be on a boat today
0: Yeah dude Ride I'm not going and- I'm not going to expect <laughs> you to to edit the podcast while you're on vacation man you know I I I feel like I expected a lot out of you not even expected a lot more so just like I'd get mad at such bullshit for no reason I would just find reasons to get mad
1: I don't worry about it. I really don't. I don't. I don't worry about it. I, the the editing isn't that bad. Anybody listening that's curious, it, I mean, we edit our podcast through GarageBand. It's more just tedious than anything, because uh, we don't really edit out a lot of stuff a, as it is. So we're not. It's not like I'm, you know, combing through the whole thing and changing every little bit. But it's just making sure it sounds clean and transitions good. It it, it doesn't take. Uh, 10 minutes it probably takes you know an hour to two hours at a time um, depending on how long it is since we shortened our interviews it's been hell of a lot easier for me and then we're you know just doing these little five ten minute intros so it's not you know nothing crazy so it, the fact that you have a mac now is a good thing um for this for this purpose at least. <laughs> dude i still have no idea how to use this
0: thing it's That's beautiful though so easy. the, it's the so quality easy. is just something else man what a big screen No, it's, 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 I I like,
1: I like, I like the Mac, the Mac operating system a lot. Uh, I think PC has its place and role and everything. And I think Mac does too. I I personally love the Mac for just personal life, just like shit that has nothing to do with work, but I, I feel like, uh, Microsoft and the PC world has just done a good job at like integrating, like all the, all the, the, the documents and the, the programs like Microsoft Office and shit that that Apple just doesn't. I don't mm-hmm. think they compete in that space. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, totally agree. Hey, what what are your thoughts as a, as a as an older quarterback? What's your thoughts on Kyler Murray? What what recently happened? The I just bought happened? I just bought a very high end card of his. Oh, just you know, I, like I believe his stock, in him.
1: His stock in general. I mean, I yeah, think. I mean, long term because I I don't yeah. I don't intend to sell it. I think the quarterback position is evolving to his style. Um, but anybody that moves around like he does in and out of the pocket, that runs downfield, takes some hits, is a liability. But long-term, I mean, he is defying you know, all odds in the sense of how, his size and things like that. So, uh, it's, I mean, if anyone doesn't know who this guy is, go look up his high school highlights in Texas. It's got over – his his high school highlight tape has over like a million views. It's crazy. Um, he won like four Texas State titles at the biggest conference possible. It's just, I mean, the kid looks like he's playing a video game when he plays.
0: Yeah, dude, he is. He still
1: does. He's like a punt returner playing quarterback. If yeah, and he's, he's got gotta, a strong ass arm, yeah. about a zip on the ball, moves around well. It's scary.
0: Yeah, I negotiated the price pretty pretty disgusted with the amount of money I spent on it though, but I, I like it. Can you give us a ballpark? Uh, what would you spent on it? I spent a thousand bucks on it.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: I mean, it's 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 an investment though. It's an investment. It will pay me later.
1: A thousand dollars for a piece of paper. I guess I guess we all do that. No, it's way, beautiful, right?
0: man. Check on Instagram. It's it's a beautiful beautiful card.
1: I saw it. It's, it's like a it's like a signature. Yeah. Like he signed it too. Right, the
0: rookie patch auto booklet. Yeah, yeah. So, G-
1: give him a get get get. A, I would love to see what that looks like after after he gets MVP one of these years. Because I think what, that's happen. what I'm
0: banking on. Exactly yeah. what I'm banking on. All right. Well. This is not a uh, a sports <laughs> podcast, even though I could talk sports all day. But, you know, let's digress real quick. Let's just tee up Mike Lopez a little bit, and then we'll, uh, we'll end this thing, let everyone listen to him. Right. Yeah,
1: for sure. We're, do we have notes on him? It's possible. Didn't know if we had any notes from, like, the topics of conversations, because we recorded this probably about a month and a half ago, right? Probably longer than that.
0: But, uh, I mean, I just recently... Got uh got lunch with him. He's crushing it, man. He is an absolute stud. He moved out to Vegas with his friends just to you know get out there, feel the vibes, be with more positive people. Uh, income tax is obviously a lot lower there too than New York. But yeah, he's crushing it, man. He's a really sharp dude, and I think a big problem of his was that he was never able to get around people that wanted the same thing for him. That like wanted the same thing out of life and now he took the leap of faith, moved out there with a couple dudes and you know he's creating content. Just super proud of him. He, I think he's absolutely an amazing dude, going to be a millionaire probably by the time he's 30, probably even less. Um but just even better dude, you know, really man of god. Um you know, just wants to help people. He's one of those guys where you know, you see these people, "Oh, sign up for my e-com course," you know, and there's some value in that. But a lot of those people are frauds and he's just definitely not one of them you know i definitely recommend you check out whatever he's got to offer and he'll definitely uh guide you in the right direction
1: e-commerce is the future whether anyone likes it or not i mean it, i think we categorize at least when i hear the word e-commerce i think of those guys on youtube that are trying to get you to click on their link or whatever but the reality is amazon is e-commerce the internet anything you buy on the internet is e-commerce and so young business owners like mike People that are getting into that space and are able to 10x their business in, in, in months and uh, you know have the income to show for it. So guys like Mike are super young, successful people that I think we could all take take a page out of, out of his book in some way or shape or form. And that's obviously our goal in all these interviews is that you can take something away. And, and speaking of that, guys, Tony, you'll, I'll let you fill it in. But if you receive value from this podcast, what do they need to do?
0: All, you, all we ask is that you pay the price and the price is totally free just tell a friend. That's all we ask. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell someone you don't even like. Maybe they'll change. Maybe they'll change as a person by listening to this. That's all we ask. So with that being said, guys, Mike Lopez, enjoy the episode. All right. We got Mikey Lopez, good friend of mine, 23 year old e-commerce entrepreneur crushing it right now. Super grateful you come on and share some knowledge with us, Mike. How's it
2: going? I'm I'm doing well. Thank you guys so much for you know having me on the show. You know I've I listened to so many of your of the past podcasts. I was like I need to get on. So I'm I'm stoked to be here and really really excited just to jump in and you know talk to some like like minded guys.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate you reaching out to me. It was uh, I would say maybe four or five months ago. At this point, you reached out to me. We connected, had some great conversations. You really appreciate my content. Now you're up in your content game, especially on Twitter. I really like the shit that you're posting on there. And now. I really want to learn about what's going on in the e-commerce world because I tried a little bit and made my own Shopify store. Didn't really work out too well. I want to know the ins and outs of it all.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I think the issue is that when you know when it comes to e-commerce, there are so many different business models out there that people try to pursue. You know, there's the Amazon game, there's drop shipping, which is what I do. Um, but you know, the basic level of drop shipping, people think is the way to do it is by using Aliexpress to source products. And as I've learned myself, that's just not the way to do it.
1: So I'll I'll give you some background on my experience with e-commerce. I've been solicited a handful of times for courses. You know, you give a guy five grand and he teaches you his ways, teaches you how to build a website, teaches you how to build a brand. Um... Is there a difference between a little bit of a separate question? Is there a difference between Alibaba and AliExpress, or are they are they similar entities?
2: Yeah, so they're very similar entities. Um, Alibaba is where you're going to go to buy bulk. So you know if you're looking to buy, if you're looking to start a brand per se, um, and you obviously if you're looking to start a brand, you're looking for somewhere to source products for cheap. You'll go onto Alibaba, find a bunch of manufacturers, um, and you know find one that really works. Fits for what you're looking for the other side of it which is obviously aliexpress is piece pro- piece by piece drop shipping so you know someone buys buys from me i go onto aliexpress and i ship one that one product directly to the customer and you know obviously when you do that there's just obviously you no know, they're chinese made products so you have no quality assurance it comes in the you know with written in mandarin on the packaging and even has the price that you paid for it. So, you can kind of imagine why that really doesn't work and why, you know, like I said, if you're going to look to start a brand, Alibaba would be the way to do it. The only issue with that is, you know, you're buying overhead, which why it's not exactly dropshipping.
0: And that was my problem with this. I just couldn't get behind the ethical standpoint of just pushing garbage in my opinion you know the products aren't that great i'm building this brand of trying to make things seem like premium selling things for 50 bucks and i'm getting for two bucks and they're able to see it eventually the shipping takes like three to four weeks on a good day and so i feel like there's just so much uh obscurity within that business model that is not sustainable for a long-term business and so now i mean i'm not sure if you agree with that or not on that i know it's a great way to make some money and get some cash flow and be more free than others but i know you're Sourcing from American-made companies, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Exactly. And you
2: said that so perfectly, because I felt the same exact way. So to give a little background, like I said, I tried the AliExpress game. Uh, my partner and I, we jumped in. We hired a mentor, uh, like, like you said, Landon. We actually paid him $5,000. And he was an expert in the field. Like I, There was not a doubt in my mind that this guy knew exactly what he was doing in this business model. But that being said, I think it also just goes to reflect on how difficult of a model it really is. And, you know, like you said, and I I really realized pretty early on that I'm selling garbage products, you know, given they are, they were just 30, $35, you know, as someone who I, I really believe that all businesses need to be built on an ethical foundation. You know, if you're trying to scam people, if you're trying to, if you're getting more out of the deal, than the buyer is getting it's not a sustainable business and you know we we made sales but face facebook advertising is so difficult um you know people don't go on facebook to shop you know the people go on facebook to scroll their feed send memes stuff like this and you know facebook is so expensive and when you're trying to pitch these garbage products it it's really like you said it's it's not sustainable and so what
1: is go ahead
2: yeah, no, I just wanted to kind of piggyback off the second part that you said, which is why, you know, when we threw in the towel, you know, we actually wound up down $10,000 trying that business. And then we learned from it, and then we were like, you know what? We need to source United States products that people really need and people are, you know, looking to buy.
1: What are some things right now? I'm going to back up and ask this too. I go on YouTube and every time you, every time any of us click a video, I feel like I'm always trying to, someone's always trying to sell me their course. What's the, is this world getting oversaturated in the ads, in the ads world? And, and what's your take on just how to grow a business through the internet and how the proper ways versus the ways that are just kind of becoming a pastime, even though we've only really seen these YouTube ads and they've become really prevalent over the last five, six, seven years. It just feels like it's getting to a point now where it's very oversaturated.
2: You, you're honestly, you're, you're so right, Landon, you know, between YouTube and Instagram ads, you know, you see these people who will post these screenshots of sales and they'll be like, I can teach you how to do it. And it's tough because, you know, from someone who, who doesn't know much about e-commerce, you know, it, it can be very enticing to follow somebody who, who is showing you these sales numbers, you know? but you know so my me myself my partner and i uh, we actually also teach this particular business model and you know we've realized like you said that it is getting kind of saturated in the sense that everyone everyone's an e-commerce expert you know they make $2000 worth of sales in a month and they think they can go out and teach it and so from my perspective you know if there are people out there who want to get into e-commerce the best way to you know, kind of get a feel for someone is don't trust someone where there's not a face, you know? So when me and my partner try to teach people, like try to not even sell to people, it's, you know, we're just very transparent, you know, we have nothing to hide. And I think that you need to go out and look for people who are, who are genuine, who, you know, are real people that are doing it. And, you know, starting any business is a leap of faith. But at the end of the day, the judgment does kind of fall on you to make.
0: And I think that's the value that you guys bring so much is like there is true value in paying for a course if someone's giving you legit shit into how to actually build a business model. But the problem is, is that there are way too many people selling courses on how to show you how to sell courses on how to show other people on how to sell courses. And it's just a nonstop kind of pyramid effect, right? Where you are a one-stop shop of, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is not – you're not going to make a million dollars overnight. This is who I am. This is where I fuck up. This is where I succeed and i'll help you and guide you through that process and that's something worth paying for in my opinion.
2: Yeah, that was really well said because you know, a big question that we get is you know, how like will i start making money within my first month? And you know, that that question obviously stinks for a lot of reasons. <laughs> One, as i think we could all agree, you shouldn't look to start a business just from from a money perspective. You know, when people reach out to me on twitter and they're like, "Hey, i'm looking to get rich like" can you if i pay you money can you help me like there like i said there's so many things wrong with that that it's kind of just like a separate conversation but where do you see your mentorship side of things
0: going i know you started creating some video courses you're you're in the e-commerce space yourself selling product but now do you think you're transitioning more towards teaching others how to do it
2: yeah and so that's kind of th- this was obviously a fine line me and my partner we always said you know we wanted to help people that was the reason that we did it was you know, I we helped a couple of people before we started the program and it felt really awesome. You know, to help someone else, you know, to, to achieve financial freedom yourself is like obviously a goal in life. But then to go out and teach someone how to do it themselves, it's it's really an awesome feeling. And so that's kind of the basis where we're like, all right, now that our stores are in a good position, um, you know, let's just you know, they're pretty automated from our our VAs and our employees that we have, let's go out and out, let's help people, you know? And, you know, we we really believe that the more that you help, the more value that you provide to the universe, it'll kind of give itself back to you, you know? And so, you know, a lot of people will tell us, oh, you guys make so much money from e-commerce, like why, you, why are you charging a monthly membership? And, you know, I, I guess it's a fair question to ask. Um, but, you know, like I said, we, we just really like helping people. And, Unfortunately, I guess sometimes that answer comes across as spammy, but it's it's really just the truth.
0: And you deserve to be compensated for that. That's where I think people think, oh, you're you're just a sales guy and they're sleazy. That's that's if you're bringing value, you deserve to be compensated for that, and there's no question about it. So if there, it's a fine line between people you you want to work with anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I appreciate you saying that because it's definitely true. Because you know, at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that time is our most valuable asset, and so. Something like helping people and you know mentoring people, it takes up a lot of time. You know, like people asking questions all day, it it's definitely time consuming. But I think that just also goes to show like, listen, I'm willing to give up my time to help you, but at the same time, I need to be met halfway and you need to be putting in the work that that we expect from giving you our time, if that makes sense.
1: No, it does absolutely. So from someone coming from my perspective, and I don't know if I don't know if a lot of the listeners fall into this category. I, I some probably fall into the category of understanding this stuff a lot. I don't fall in that category. So, could you explain to me um, what makes your business different? what What makes the uh, the wheels turn in your business? What do you what uh, are the products and, and and the the model as a whole? And what is your version of sustainability and and to how this can scale long term?
2: Okay, yeah, that's a great question. I I've, honestly, I think we probably should have started with what exactly drop shipping is uh, because I know you know well, people who are in like the e-commerce space, obviously drop shipping comes natural but to people who are interested in entrepreneurship it may not it's really not that well known of a topic. So you know drop shipping to, at its core is the idea of selling a product and then buying it for cheaper from from a manufacturer. And so like I mentioned, majority of drop shippers will buy it from AliExpress. Now the obvious issue with that is that anybody can log on to AliExpress.com and purchase that same exact product for cheaper. You know when you're- and to,
1: yeah to to make sure I'm following correctly the, the the reason why there's value in this is because you're not having to hold the inventory, correct?
2: Exactly. Yep. Got it. So there's no overhead. So as soon as I sell to a customer, I then buy it. So you know, like I said, there's no ounce of inventory in you know that minimal risk is why drop shipping is so appealing, and so I guess just to kind of counteract where what I do exactly is I don't go, I don't source products from a place that a customer can go and buy it from. It's, so let me just kind of explain what I mean by that is I find United States manufacturers. So let's say I want to sell a refrigerator, I'll search into Google um, kitchen. Kitchen refrigerator. I'll find a manufacturer. I will then call that manufacturer and say, Hey, I want to become an online retailer for your brand. This is my website. Um, like, let me know what you think. And, you know, obviously we have a script that we give and it's a little more detailed than that. But that's kind of just a basis of what we say. And if we get approved, we are now allowed to sell their products. And anytime that we make a sale, we get a wholesale discount of 20 to 35%. So, you know, a customer can't just go to a manufacturer and say, hey, give me 30, 30% off the product. But as someone who's now going to go out and advertise for the manufacturer, so, you know, in return of me advertising, spending money on them, building their brand awareness, and obviously making sales, they'll give me that 20 to 30% discount of all sales.
0: Makes sense. So now, let's talk logistics a little bit, and I know I... I- you got to pay to play to really learn every the ins and outs from Mike, but I want you to provide some free value for us. How do I go about picking a specific niche of product that I want to sell? And then in terms of optimizing my search engines and paying for ads, how do you utilize that?
2: Yeah. So, you know, in the beginning, like, you know, it's very easy to think kind of small, not minded. So, you know, people will think, all right, I'm going to start a store and I'm just going to sell desks, you know? So I, I forgot to mention, I, the name of the business model is high ticket dropshipping. So I only sell products that are at least five hundred dollars in value. But majority, like my average order value is usually around two to three thousand dollars. So you know, let's say you know most people start off and be like, all right, I think I can sell desks really well. Well, the issue with that is you know you, there's only so many United States manufacturers selling desks. So eventually you're going to run out of time. Like you're you're going to run out of suppliers to close. So our suggestion is to to start a store as broad as possible, you know. So instead of uh, having a store that sells refrigerators, you're going to want to have a store that is based around a kitchen niche. So you can sell ovens, refrigerators, countertops, tables, kind of just giving you a lot of room to work with in terms of e- expansion. And the second half of it, which is you mentioned, like the advertising, is Google Ads. So like I mentioned before, Facebook is very tricky in that you know you have to catch the customer's attention. You know people don't go on Facebook to buy, and everyone thinks that you know Facebook is the number one spot to to advertise. And honestly, it, it couldn't be more wrong in my opinion. Whereas Google, you have customers coming to you, so people will search into Google, um, eighty-four inch um, refrigerator. You know, they'll search that, and then your ad then appears. And so, how much warmer of traffic is it if if someone's going to search for you, whereas you have to go to the customer? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So now, after after we uh, optimize our search engines, and I'm assuming it costs a good amount to get your your post up to the to the top. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. So that kind of depends on the amount of pe- of sellers. So we know we tell our students like, you really don't want to bother with a supplier if there are ten people selling the product, and you know you can still obviously make sales if there's more than ten other retailers. When I say retailers, I mean you know people who are doing exactly what you're doing. Okay. Um, Yeah. When you when you don't have that many people to bid against, you can get clicks for anywhere from you know thirty cents to like three dollars. But you don't mind spending when you have high margin. So let's say you sell a product for $1,000. One sale can proffer you $200. So in a sense, you have almost $200 to work with before you have to worry about breaking even.
0: Makes sense. Yes. Now, where does your role after the product is sold, what else are you doing to service this?
2: Okay. Yeah. So after, you know, let's say I make a sale to a customer. I then process it. I'll send a purchase order over to the to the manufacturer, you know, they obviously warehouse the product and everything for us. They will charge my credit card, the wholesale discount. So let's say I sell it for a thousand, they will charge me 800 or $700. And the best suppliers, majority of suppliers will then ship it directly to your customer. So the only thing you really have to worry about after that is, you know, if something comes damaged, um, customers want to follow up of tracking information, you know, you have to kind of be there to provide that support. Uh, you know, when it comes to warranty customer, um, the manufacturers will have their own warranty policies. And, you know, usually if anything arrives broken, they'll exchange it free of charge since they they messed up. But, you know, it's it's really customer service is definitely a big part of the business because, you know, you're selling expensive products. So you need, you need people there to kind of reassuring customers. And that's also why I like the business is because, you know, I have a 1-800 number that comes, sh- that redirects straight to my cell phone. So, you know, I don't always take the calls because I have employees to do that for me. But you know, if I see a new customer calling in and I am do- not doing anything, I'll pick up the call. And be like, "Hey, this is Michael from So and So dot com. How can I help you?" And you know, then I am I am connecting with customers. You know, I am I am doing a great job selling to them. And you know, my motto is, I'd rather be a salesperson for my own business than a salesperson for someone else's business.
1: Makes complete sense. So. I guess I have a broad question about the industry and then I would like to transition kind of into your personal life and how this has impacted you socially and uh, financially. Um, it, you know, is the average person still able to to come in, disrupt and be successful? You know, is it too late? Um, and, and where do you see the industry going?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, honestly. And this is something that's funny that you asked that, Leonard, because I had a very similar conversation with my partner about this like two weeks ago. And we honestly came to the realization that e-commerce in general is really in its infancy stage. Like, I guess my question for you guys: is When do you think selling online really became popular? Like, I think you're a couple years older, maybe like early two thousands.
1: I would say, yeah, I think you had the dot com bubble in the in the late nineties. You had, I mean, I remember being. You know, I remember 2001 and, and 9/11 and things like that, and I remember having dial-up. And slowly, I think you had this gradual increase in online production because, yeah, it's just the the logic of hey, you're sit you can sit in your house and 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 order products instead of get, get in your car and, and burn gas, right? But uh, yeah, I would I would say exactly early 2000s.
2: Yeah, so you know, let's say we're let's say 30 years that e-commerce has been around. If you really think about 30 years of of like something as big as, you know, it's. I wouldn't say e-commerce is a fad, you know, it's not something that's going to fizzle out. I think everyone kind of knows that going online is is the future. And so in my opinion, 30 years of, of e-commerce being around is still relatively early. Um, you know, when you think about guys like Gary Vee, you know, he first, I think he was one of the first people who really boost, who came in and, you know, really saw the opportunity with the internet and thing is that he kind of adapted with the times, and so while I think that dropshipping is something that is obviously been around for probably that duration, um, I do think that it's going to just keep evolving, and you know the best entrepreneurs will just evolve with it. You know, so if things change, maybe I'll have to make changes to my business model. But that's something that I'm really all right with, and I'm I'm prepared for.
1: So. Could you talk about your own life and how this has impacted your life and where you were before you got into this space, uh, socially, financially, whatever. You don't have to give exact numbers, obviously. I'm just saying, how has this impacted you overall as a, as a human being?
2: Yeah. Um, it's honestly given me everything that I, that I could have asked for. When I first came across like becoming an entrepreneur, I was a sophomore in college. Um, and you know, it was actually my partner, was one of my college roommates. And you know, he came, a family member told him about it and he told all of our, all six of our roommates. And I'm not sure why, but I was the only one who really took an interest in what he was saying. You know, he said something, the idea of having your money work for you instead of working for your money. And it instantly clicked. Something like, I don't know what it was, something clicked in my mind. And then when you really think about having, you know, when you think about what financial freedom is at its core, it's having, being able to make money without you being present. And I was just so fascinated with the idea that, you know, I could go out, play around a golf and I can still make, you know, a couple thousand dollars. It, it always just blew my mind. And so that was kind of my why is, you know, I had things that I knew I loved to do. So I realized that I needed to find a way to do those things and still be able to get paid.
1: Absolutely. And I I always say, and and I don't know how much you know about us, but we're both financial advisors and I always say people make money and money makes money. There's that's the only two ways money is made.
2: Mm, I love it. Yeah, exactly.
1: To piggyback off that, what are
0: you doing to reinvest into other assets after you make profits from the drop shipping?
2: Yeah, so that's that's something that's kind of where I'm at right now. And to be completely honest and transparent with you, these last two months i i don't want to say i've been complacent because i've still been working my ass off you know helping people and growing my business but i have slacked a little bit in continuing to add new sources of income and so that's actually funny i this next week i'm circling a couple of different other business models but you know obviously real estate is something that is it's pretty much you know passive income 101 and so probably real estate. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with like wholesale real estate. But this is something that I'm kind of trying to learn as well, but yeah, you know, that's something like I said that I am going to be continuing to work on. If you have one stream of income, it's honestly hypocritical of me because you know, I'm always telling people, you know, you can't rely on your job to be your one source because if you get fired, like you're done. You know, god forbid right now my primary dropshipping store goes down, I'm going to be in the same exact position, so yeah. It's, this is this is a problem that I've recognized, and I'm working tirelessly now to kind of fix.
0: Absolutely, we're, we're at 25 minutes right now. Is there something that you want to leave our listeners with that you really want to make sure everyone takes away from this episode?
2: Yeah, um, you know, obviously, e-commerce kind of gave me exact everything that I wanted. I don't think starting a business necessarily is for everyone because. You know, I don't want it to make it seem like I made e-commerce easy because it's not easy. But just because you know you, you don't think you can handle the pressure or the stress that comes with building a business doesn't mean you don't owe it to yourself to be financially free. And you know, I think you guys know that there are other ways to gain financial freedom without starting a business. And so, you know, if that's you, if you're someone who likes stability um, and you know really needs that structure, all right, fine, you don't need to open a business. But you owe it to yourself and your future family to get wealthy and to, you know, have as much time as you have on this earth. My, my last message would be have whys, you know, like I know you talk about this all the time man, is the real importance of having like that anchor. Why? Why do you get up in the morning and, and do what you want to do? Um, and, you know, if it's just to get rich, you got wrong whys, you know, my whys are my time. My family, my future family that I'm gonna have, and you know those are really powerful things that will push you through tough times. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, if anyone out there is interested in in getting into this e-commerce space, you can check me out at HaveMoreThanMoney.com. You know that's our mentorship. But you know I know you guys have just been absolutely killing it. And I love listening to you know young guys like you, like myself, who kind of recognize where you want to go and are just grinding at it. So please don't stop what you're doing because if you guys stopped, it would be a disservice to to everyone.
0: Thank you so much for bringing on value. I'm so excited to see your journey and future business ventures that we'll have together and just constantly leaning on each other for support.
2: Absolutely. You know, find like-minded people. Like I said, thank you guys. and I know we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Keep crushing it, man. Everyone have a great day. Michael.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Learn Lead Podcast, where you get to own your life. Stay tuned for our future guest coming soon. Make sure to like and subscribe.